What's going on, everybody? Welcome in to the Thursday episode. Wade Zanketa, Connor O'Neill, we are back for the second time this week. A lot to go through. We're going to preview the upcoming weeks in all of the Canadian leagues. And we have a lot of fun stuff to get to. But speaking of fun stuff, before we bring you our ad reads, the BC Lions trying to pick themselves out on the table from the children's drawings was probably one of the funniest videos I had seen in a long time, especially this week. It was inspired by the draft video where they, the children's drew the, where the children drew the, the drawings of the opposing, or mm. sorry, it was inspired by the, the schedule, schedule release, release yeah. where the children drew the opposing team logos, which was pretty funny. Now they're back trying to guess themselves with children drawings again. And that was hilarious. I mean, absolutely hilarious. I loved it. I loved seeing every second of it. It's uh, it's a good way for the players to kind of get a lighthearted relief from the long grind of the season as well. It creates some great content, some great PR uh, for the organization. So uh, kudos to the BC Lions. A job well done and great job by those kids too. Heck, Poor Chris Rainey, man, though. Poor Chris are, Rainey. They are a good group of artists, okay? Good job to them. There was one that was immaculate. Like, I, think, I think Andrew Pearson pointed out, he said that that kid has a future in art. That, that kid has a future in art. That is a young Monet. It was very good. Uh, other news and notes, though. Travel rules coming into effect November 30th. Dave Naylor has reported the CFL has decided that players who can't travel with their teams to the East or West Division Finals or the Grey Cup because of the vaccine mandate will not be allowed to play. They will be placed on the suspended list and therefore not collect a game check. Well, pretty much uh, with this coming into effect, you have had about a year uh, to get this together, at least eight months. You knew this was inevitable. The announcements have been on the wall. And quite frankly, if you come down to it now and you can't play in the Grey Cup or a division final, um, it's just your fault. Like, <laughs> I don't know what else we could say. Like, so, that's just like- your poor planning. <laughs> What if, what if your hypothetical team A with hypothetical quarterback A that is hypothetically unvaccinated and you make a hypothetical Grey Cup run and this hypothetical quarterback is now unvaccinated, what do you do in this situation? You turn Not naming to any names. You turn to hypothetical quarterback B who is hopefully vaccinated. <laughs> and if that doesn't work, you turn to hypothetical quarterback C. And if that doesn't work, Uh, because neither of them are vaccinated, then you call up Marshall Ferguson, who is a Hamilton resident, and you say, hey, can you throw a ball? (laughs) We know you stepped into Montreal (laughs) once and threw some passes, so can you do it a second time? Can you you potentially throw game-winning passes uh, again in your career? I know it's been a while, but what do you say? Uh, And then you just hope that, you know, his arm doesn't fall off in the Grey Cup. No, uh, I don't know. Did, Did we see his 40 video? I mean... Uh, yeah, I know. Like him and Sky. He, I don't know if you can have Sky pulling him along though. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, in all honesty, like at this point, like if you know that you have a starting quarterback that is unvaccinated, you need to make sure that you have yourself covered with a backup that is. Like that's just it comes down to roster management at this point. Like if you know that's going to be an issue for you and a potential issue, plan accordingly. You have a month. You have a month and 10 days, 11 days until this comes into effect. So um, start planning now so you don't run into that issue later on. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I I totally agree. Entirely agree. Uh, Last thing before we get into today's show, though, 
Matt Schultz, now the starting quarterback in the Montreal Alouettes. Vernon Adams Jr. is hurt probably for the rest of the regular season into the playoffs. We don't quite know yet how that injury is looking, but Schultz as of now is told that he is still the number one. He doesn't need to worry about his job, all this, not to worry. Yes. And we're talking, obviously we're talking about this because if you haven't heard Montreal Alouettes are bringing in Trevor Harris, if you haven't heard that probably under some sort of rock, but Schultz told not to worry about his job. Are you buying that? Cause I'm not, I'm not you. That's something that you say, to a young quarterback to keep his confidence up through his next two starts while Trevor Harris kind of gets familiarized with the playbook in the offense. This is something that you're just telling Schultz so that he stays calm for the two games that you need him to stay calm for well, before Trevor Harris is ready. It's not even about staying calm. It's just like, you know, Trevor Harris isn't going to physically be ready to run a brand new offense after a week and a half. So, yeah, Schultz doesn't have to worry about his job. And even once Trevor Harris has somewhat of a grasp of the offense, there's still a lot of nuances to it that, you know, could keep Schultz in the starting lineup. So, I mean, it's kind of hard when you trade for a Grey Cup champion and one of the top quarterbacks in the league over the last couple of years um, to then go to your guy who's a backup and be like, oh, yeah, don't worry. Like, that's just kind of trying to save face with Schiltz. Uh, but yeah, no, we'll see. We'll see in due time. But I mean, like he had, what, 300 yards, over 300 yards in his first official start. Are you confident with Schiltz? <laughs> uh, we'll be more confident after they play Toronto this week. I want to see what he does against a scheme. I mean, look at, we saw Caleb Evans light up his first start and then he went and played against Chris Jones's defense. And it was like, oh, <laughs> Hi, that's a rude awakening. So we'll see what Schultz can do this week. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I totally agree. Um, but we are going to get into the rest of the episode now, not before letting you guys know that the Canadian Football Perspective Podcast Network is brought to you by our friends at Fox 40, the worldwide leaders in whistle technology, helping you gear up for game day with products like the Tri-Layer Whistle Mask and the Fort and the Fox 40 electronic whistle where you can be heard across any field. They're super loud and they are contactless. So you don't have to spread around your germs or anything like that. Click a button, electronic whistle goes off. Head over to fox40shop.com and when you do, enter the code CFP15 at checkout for 15% off your order. And if you're in the mood for shopping, why not shop for some beer? Head over to sawdustcitybeer.com Soda City Brewing Company offers brewery fresh beer delivered directly to your door. Visit their website once again at sawdustcitybeer.com to shop their wide variety of brews and to learn more. This October, before it runs out, CFP listeners, use our exclusive co- promo code CFL for free shipping on your first order over $100. Shipping is available to Ontario residents only, must be of legal drinking age. All right, let's dive in. Top 10 got released. And um, I don't know if this is the week that we're going to be happy with it. We are six weeks in now or going into the sixth week uh, of U Sports football. And I don't know if we've been uh, comfortable with the top 10 yet, but let's run it back before we start talking about it from 10 to one Regina Laurier sliding in at nine Guelph back on the list at eight Calgary drops all the way down to seven Sask sitting at six. Queens at five, Manitoba, Laval, Western, Montreal round out the top four. Um, nope, I don't like it. 
I will uh, start right there. I do not like it. Starting at the top right now, Montreal's losing this week to Laval. Easy. Montreal. I wouldn't be, the, be surprised. Not at all. Montreal is not the top team in the country right now. Uh, all honesty, Western is. Laval, you could make an argument, but they have the two losses, so I understand having them below. Montreal should not be number one right now. Here's the thing. They beat Laval when Laval was playing some of their worst football, trying to figure themselves out. They won on a missed field goal. Yeah, that's going to be ugly this week. Laval is on a war path. We've been saying this for two weeks. They are pissed off, and they are going to take it out this week at Sepsum. That is my prediction. I probably jinxed it, just like you usually do, Connor. But uh, no, I don't like the top. I understand the Manitoba going above Queens. Uh, stronger strength of schedule so far. Stronger wins. Uh, Sask, I'm happy they're back up to the top. They're going to keep climbing for the rest of this year. This is going to be the team that kind of faltered and then just has a steady climb uh golf i understand i do understand i they have two wins over ranked opponents uh they lost to queens and then they had the what looks to be an outlier with uh windsor but they're figuring themselves out they've got their quarterback situation healthy and that defense can shut down anyone's offense so i understand that one uh laurier though this is where i'm kind of i'm kind of shocked to see them up there um, just the way their season's gone uh, with the two and two record, I would have liked to see Saint of X still get in here. Um, but I understand with Laurier's defense, uh, the speed they bring, uh, I understand why the voters are looking at them as a top 10 ranked team. Yeah, actually, like initially when I saw Laurier, I was like, really like over, over X. But like when I start to think about it and yes, we're going to keep campaigning for X to be on this list because there needs to be AUS representation. And right now X is the best team in that conference, hands down. Um, Bishops trying to claw their way up there, but still like back to the Laurier thing. I, I was actually like pretty, after thinking about it, I was pretty comfortable with Laurier on this list because They've been playing with a backup quarterback. Their starter got hurt very early in their first game, and they played tough teams very well. They played Western very well, holding Western scoreless, actually leading that game going into the second half. Obviously, close out your wins. That's what the good teams do. We talked about this earlier in the week as well, but Western, or sorry, Laurier still played a great game against Western. Then they turn around and slap Mac. I know they had a tough loss to Waterloo, but Laurier's defense is very good. And now they're getting their starting quarterback back. Um, they make the list at nine. So I, I think I'm okay with that. Had they been any higher than nine, I would have been like, what the hell is going on? But because they're so low and there's potential to move up and they are, they have potential to move up in their own division. Now um, I, I don't really mind Laurier, but I still really would like some AUS representation. And there's, there's some spots where you could find it here. Yeah. I, I mean, the the case for Regina, Sass, Calgary, Manitoba to have four teams from the West, you make that argument. The, the case for the four OUA teams, though, to be in there, I, I'm starting to struggle with it, especially when we have an undefeated team out on the East Coast. Uh, and we're putting in, what, three two-loss teams right now? Um, very tough because uh, you can't judge conference to conference and how they would cross over just yet. And traditionally, the AUS doesn't do well. Um, but it's it's time to start paying respects to an undefeated team that Gary Waterman has out in Antigonish. Yeah, yeah, I think we're gonna be we're gonna be on that until they make the list, and then when they make the list, we're gonna be throwing around the noisemakers and the rattlers and slamming on tables and everything because they finally did it when they should have been on this list for 
you know, probably since week three. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, those, well, those are just our thoughts. But... In 2019, Acadia was on the list for most of the season. They just weren't high up on the list. And we're not asking for them to be up around the Queen, Saskatchewan range. We're just asking them to be on the list. Just... Oh, yeah. By no means are we saying that X is one of the best teams in the country because they're undefeated. Like, that's not what we're saying at all. But we're just saying that because X is undefeated, they're the best team in their own conference. And like you said, there's teams with two losses on this list. So I don't I just I don't really get it. I do think there needs to be more AUS recognition in regards to this list. And I think it at least X needs to be on this list somewhere. And if you want the AUS to bring up their competition level, you need to start putting them on i mean yes we 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 talked about joe demore where he was saying like this is big for recruiting uh to say you're a top 10 team um and we agreed with him on that part but when you look at the aus like they don't get any national love so if you're a kid and you're looking and you have the choice to go to uh rsec or a can west or an oua school and you're looking at an aus school you're not going to get any love out there. You're not going to get any national attention. You're not going to get the big highlights. You're not going to get any of that because people just see it as lesser competition. It's got to start from the top down. And that's only going to change if U sports starts to promote their product coast to coast, not just three of the four conferences. Yeah, no, I, I entirely agree. I mean, there's more, I mean, you're right. There's, more that goes into it than just the wins and losses i mean there's marketing there's developing there's social media there's all these other aspects but yeah i mean it does start with winning and national recognition though so i mean we will move away from this top 10 list still not quite happy with it It, well once laval wins this are we ever gonna be like are we ever gonna be happy with it? i think we're always and that's kind of the point of it it's it's a a talking point point, and they do it too create discussion they Here's do it literally so think. that we do this this is literally yeah. why we put it out so that we they sit do it here so and talk people about talk. It for 20 minutes but i mean when laval wins this weekend uh i really hope they're wearing like their blackout jersey no wait okay first of all oh the blackout with the chrome gold helmet no nah, but ca- the caravan are probably gonna wear their blackout with the chrome blue so laval should counter that with all white with chrome, chrome gold I don't mind the all red with the chrome gold helmet either. I actually okay, don't well, mind Laval's uniforms to begin like at all. Just <laughs> pick just and clean. choose. Just don't make it the same jersey color and you're fine. Um, <laughs> no, I, I think we'll get sorted out this weekend, right? Because we get uh, Sass playing Regina, Clarity. Calgary against Alberta, we'll get some clarity to see if Calgary's really sliding or if they've just played two really tough games. Um, Manitoba's playing UBC. They're going to they're gonna win that one. Uh Queens, Ottawa, second time around for them. We'll see how they fare this time on the road. Um, Guelph against Toronto. Laurier playing Windsor. So that's an eye opener. We're going to talk about these in a second. But I think this is the week where we're going to get clarity, finally. I mean, week, week what, seven, six in the OUA at this point? Uh, it's time to start getting some clarity in the damn top ten. Uh, we'll get it this week. We only have like one week left in the OUA. <laughs> Well, then we have playoffs. Cam West still going for a bit. Oh too. no, I just mean regular season. We want clarity. I, know, I, I mean, know. like this is like kind of last chance. <laughs> last last calls or phone calls. Here we go. Uh, week ahead, though. Here's what we're looking at this week: uh, Queens, Ottawa. Uh, we're going to talk about these after uh, a couple of these after, but Queens, Ottawa on the Thursday on tonight Thursday night. Uh, Western Waterloo, Mac York, Toronto, Guelph, 
Windsor Laurier. Uh, that's the OUA slate for this week. And then we have some big ones. Uh, Bishops X, Laval, U to M, Alberta, Calgary. Where are you liking on these ones, Connor? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to keep this one in the OUA for my first one. Obviously, I mean, we're going to get there. We're going to talk about the, the games in Can West and the games in the Quebec conference. Cause those are some damn good games that you rattled off, but I, I'm going to keep it in the OUA to start. I'm going to go with Western and Waterloo. I think that this is going to be a really telling game for, for both teams. I mean, can Western come out and really dominate against uh, a Waterloo team that had its struggles against McMaster? What does Trey Ford look like? Is Trey Ford going to play after a suspected injury? And then if he does play, what do what does the Waterloo offense look like against this Western team? So I, I'm really interested to see the Western Waterloo matchup just because it is kind of like the marquee matchup in the OUA this week. But I'm also interested in the Ottawa Queens game because can Queens do it? Can Queens keep this kind of immaculate season going with another win here? This is the second time that we're seeing Queens play someone for the second time. So like against Carlton, yeah, they doubled down. They won up their performance. Do they do the same against Ottawa this time? It's on the road. So uh, we don't know. And I mean, this Ottawa team runs the ball very well. Um, certainly they will be hoping for more than 2.2 yards of play like Carlton got. Um, but going up to TD place is a tough match. It's, it's going to be a tough game. Yeah, it certainly will be, especially, I mean, they're not even going to Ottawa, yes, but they're not going to Lee's Field. They're not going to play the GGs where they're normally playing the GGs where they normally are comfortable playing the GGs. They're going to TD place. And yeah, I mean, that might not be, you might be sitting there as a listener and like, yeah, that's cool. Ottawa's going to play in TD place. They get to play in TD place. That's cool. They should be amped. Well, yeah, they should be amped and I'm sure they're going to be excited, but it's an unfamiliar stadium. It's an unfamiliar environment. It's an environment where Ottawa has been packing more fans into just because people are itching to go see live sports. Ottawa at their games this year in TD place has been averaging like 800, 900, a thousand fans per game. So it is going to be a hostile environment for Queens and it's going to create some disruption. I, yeah, I kind of like grin when you say a hostile environment with a thousand fans. I mean, I know you're, you love your GGs, but uh, Queens drawn about the same in their stadium. So uh, we will see, I know, I know compared to Leeds, right. Cause you have like Queens is the horseshoe. Leeds is just the one small section of stands. They weren't going to get anywhere close to that um, with COVID restrictions, but I, I like the Queens Ottawa game. That's a, that's a good one. I'm, I'm with you on Western Waterloo too. Um, I'm really looking to see what Fordham Miller, uh, Kelly, Kojo Odoom, what they can do against this Waterloo offense. Uh, OU Wastelake though, I'm looking at Windsor versus Laurier. I mean, you got Western on the road. Now you're back on the road at Laurier who has a great defense Connor Caracello is back. I'm sure he's looking to get back into form as well uh, through for 200 yards, but they didn't find the end zone as an offense. I'm expecting that to change this week for the Golden Hawks. Yeah, their defense has been playing lights out all season. Caracello is back. He was the designated guy at the start of the season. Looked pretty good in his debut until he got hurt, so we didn't see too, too much of him. But I, I'm excited to see him back under center again. He was back under center last week, but I'm excited to see him again in this week against Windsor, I love what you said about getting Western. I just thought that was 
like really funny. I'd never heard anybody really say that before. So let's see if Windsor gets Laurier this week. Are we allowed to say that? Is Laurier good enough to say that? Are they getting hawked? Is that is that what we can say? Are we allowed to say that? I don't know. We can say it. We can say whatever. Um, outside of the OUA slate, though, because we, we do have our OUA breakdowns as well. Um, Regina Sask. This one's huge to me. Uh, Regina had their shock win over Calgary. A shock to many, not to them. Uh, they played close to Manitoba. And here they go now. They get the chance. I mean, they get the chance to play Sask. They get the chance to play Big Brother, really. Like, this is the program that has been overshadowing you for the last couple of years. And Mason Nias, Adam Mackhart, all their receiving talent, Colton Claus and Sam Baker, they are humming right now on offense. Um, you know Noah Zur and the guys on the big O line are going to be pushing around too. So for Regina, can you stand up against really your biggest threat right now? Because I, I think that if they take down Sask, they're going to have another matchup against it. What does this look like? They're going to need some of that moose draw grit, certainly, in this game. Um, it's going to be a tough one. Like it, It's really going to be a tough one here for Regina. Yes, they are building. Yes, they look pretty good this season. Uh, Saskatchewan did have that one misstep, but since they've had that misstep, they've done exactly what we expected them to do. And they've come out pissed off and playing hard and rolling. So uh, I I. This is going to be an interesting game. I want to see how Regina is going to play Saskatchewan. I want to see the level that Saskatchewan is playing at in this game. But Coach McConkey over in Regina has been doing a great job with the Rams program. They played Calgary very hard. Can they come in and go toe-to-toe once again with the Saskatchewan Husky? Wade is pulling up and showing me the 31-30 to loss against UBC, which not very... Um, well, Not I mean, very... you gave up 23 in the fourth quarter, right? Like, this is this is where, like, can you bounce back? Like, we know McConkie is building a good program, but it's, like, sometimes you take a loss. Like, that just happens. But can you physically rebound? Like, can you pull a Western where, you know what? Yeah, we lost to Guelph. Let's come out the next week and just bury a team. Can it happen? Can you Can you take that next step as your program, especially against your big brother? And I guess that remains to be seen, and we will see that this weekend as Regina kicks off against Saskatchewan. But speaking about brother, speaking of brotherly love, or you know maybe not so much brotherly love, Montreal kicks off against Laval. I think this is a game that we have had circled for a long time. You think Laval is going to come away with this one? Yeah. Without any question, no question whatsoever. Like what no. doesn't? Like, normally we ask you what scares you about a team, blah, blah, blah. Like, let's flip the script a little bit on this one. What does not scare you about Montreal so much that you are so confident in Laval that they're just going to walk all over the caravan? No, I think you were closer on the what scares you, but it's what scares you so much about Laval that's making you pick them this much. Uh, It's Glenn Constantine. Uh, He does not like his team underperforming. I mean, no coach does, but, like, Glenn Constantine kind of seems like how do I how do I say this? He seems like that upset like father that like you just you look at him and you see the shame in his face and you're like, oh my god, he's going to just ruin us at practice next week. Like, does that not like when you see him, 
like on the sidelines, you just like see how pissed he is. Like one holding call, and he he would cut you in half. It seems like. Glenn Constantine is like that one minor league football coach that hasn't lost in nine years, and then you lose one game, <laughs> and he tells you to show up in shorts and running shoes the next practice. Yeah. He's like that type of vibe to me. That's a true story. That happened to me in OPP minor football as a like 12-year-old. Yikes. Uh, yeah. No, no, I kind of feel a true like true story. I wanted to say that he's almost like like the the mafia, like the godfather. Like nobody wants to let him down. So like he just he's just so because uh, if you know if you let greatness. him down, you're never gonna be heard from again. That's why exactly that's to. the point. Like you let him down in his Laval program, you're not going to be seen in the red and gold again. Um, but no, yeah, like, go meet Tony just... back. He'll show you something, <laughs> but no, like he, uh, like we saw the absurd amount of penalties they took. N- not absurd. Eight penalties is not a lot like compared to some teams, but for a Laval team, that's a lot. And then we saw them lose a second game this year to Montreal. He has not forgotten that they are going to be firing on all some cylinders. I think this game. We said it like way, way back when we did our, our, predictions when we didn't even know if there was going to be a season the glenn constantine revenge tour will be underway in 2021 it just and you you think that's a couple dates that's all that he had to do which is add a couple extra dates to the revenge tour he when he didn't go full guns and roses and cancel the tour he just kind of went like he went motley he went motley crew and kept delaying the just kind of delayed the dates yeah there you go (laughs) but I, i yeah i mean i i'm with you on this one i think laval is going to come out angry, running hard, throwing the ball over the place. I mean, the RSEQ, for as much as we knocked them all offseason, they're one of the best passing conferences in the country this year. So it'll be, a, it'll be a fun game to watch for sure. Last game that we are excited to see, back out to the Cam West, Alberta versus Calgary. Why are we excited for this one? It's the Battle of Alberta. Why wouldn't you be excited about this one? No, uh, I'm, I'm just asking. Set it up. Why are we excited for this one? Because Calgary just had a stinker of a fourth quarter against Regina. And we are talking about them like they are falling by the wayside. And I honestly think that it's just they haven't put together a full 60-minute game yet. Um, I mean, they, they lost to Regina. They go to Manitoba, which is a tough travel trip for them. Uh, they let down in the fourth quarter. And now they come back at home against one of their rivals. I, I think this is going to be a statement. I know we kind of said like, oh, they might be able to do it last week. Um, this is a big chance for them to make a statement and kind of say like, hey, we are still for real. We are still going to be a problem come the postseason. I want to see Calgary come out and put up like 35, 40 points. Like I want to see Calgary come out and be like, okay, well, you guys are all doubting us. You just dropped us three, four spots on the top 10 list. I know they don't really care about it over in Calgary, but I want that to be a little bit of added motivation and I want them to come out and just absolutely decimate the Alberta Golden Bears. No offense to the Alberta Golden Bears, but this is just what we haven't seen Calgary play to what we thought Calgary might be in 2021 yet, really. And I want to finally see that. Yes, we've seen flashes of it and the Philpots are going to be the Philpots and they're going to do what they do. And, you know, JJ came out and had an unbelievable debut, but I want to see Calgary string it together for more than maybe just one game. I'm with you. The Philpots are going to be heavily involved in this one as well. Keep your eyes as well. Uh, Nate Durkin, uh, the third option for JJ in the Dinos offense. 
one heck of a receiver just overshadowed by having two absolute freaks of nature in front of him. Uh, yeah, but- he's a stud and we have not talked about him nearly as enough as nearly enough as we should be because the Philpots are there, like you said. But yeah, big I mean, body, uber athletic, great hands. I, I'm I'm excited watching Nate Durkin. Time for Connor's covers. It is time, and I need to bounce back. That was a tough week last week. 0-3 in the covers. Um, you clearly should not be listening to my advice on the season. I clearly should not be giving it out, but we are going to keep doing so because it's fun. It lets us analyze the CFL games, and there's a lot to talk about. we got four games to run down right now. Toronto at Montreal, Ottawa at Hamilton, BC at Winnipeg again, and Saskatchewan playing Calgary for the third time in four games. Obviously going to be a good one. Tons of bad blood there. Let's start it off with Toronto at Montreal. Toronto favored by one over under set at 48 and a half in this one. I think I got to pick Toronto. It's basically, it, it is a pick them. It's a coin flip game minus one spread. I'll probably be a little bit of movement on that one before game time comes down, but I am picking Toronto against Montreal on this one. Toronto is just right now a more, more put together football team. Uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson has been playing lights out through his last two games. Their defense is just, we, we don't, I, I feel like the league doesn't talk about the Toronto defense as not enough as maybe it should be getting talked about, but as a unit, very talented, very good at keeping points off the board, very good at forcing opposing quarterbacks into some uncomfortable situations and forcing them to throw balls that maybe they don't want to throw, maybe some balls that hang up, result in some INTs for those Argos. But Montreal with Matt Schultz in this game, I have to take Toronto to cover this one. If it was VA, maybe a little bit of a different story. He can do some things that Schultz can't. Not saying Schultz is a bad quarterback. I just, I like the more put together roster of the Argos over the Montreal Alouettes who are kind of a little bit, broken right now at least offensively and I, I say broken but Schultz still had a pretty good game they get William Standback though so it's looking like they're starting to piece it together here as we go down the home stretch over under 48 and a half corner I'm going under in this one I'm going under All Montreal right. has been a big play offense and without without VA we saw them it was a low scoring game against Ottawa last week so and next game, Ottawa at Hamilton. Hamilton, 14.5-point favorites. I'm not comfortable making a pick in this game. <laughs> I don't, I'm picking Ottawa. I'm going to pick Ottawa to cover the spread. Hamilton, obviously, to get a win in this one. Um, I don't know. I just don't really like the 14.5-point spread. Has Hamilton beat anybody by more than 14 points this year? Uh, not too sure. Ottawa is maybe coming back around. I still think they're going to lose, but I think they're going to keep it a little bit close. Um, Ottawa doesn't look like the worst team in football anymore. So that's a, that's a positive. That title now belongs to the Edmonton Elks. Uh, Ottawa fans are happy to be out of the basement of the power rankings and not have to yell at their phones every week. But um, I, th- I think this will be a surprisingly close game. I don't think Hamilton's going to cover a two and a half score. Sorry. I don't think Hamilton's going to cover a 14 and a half point spread. I just, I don't really see it happening. It's a little bit high right now at this point in the season. Uh, So I'm taking Ottawa to cover Hamilton to win. And over under 41 and a half? Over. I'm going to hit the over in this one. Yeah, I'm going to take the over. I am. I know it's a little bit gutty, but I'm I'm taking the over. BC at Winnipeg. uh, Who's the line for? 
Winnipeg? Yeah. BC at Winnipeg. Winnipeg is an 11 and a half point favorite. Connor? Winnipeg. I'm taking Winnipeg. I have to now keep taking Winnipeg uh, because I have gone against Winnipeg so many times and I've been burned so many times. Now, this point that if I take Winnipeg and get burned by taking Winnipeg, I just have to live with that because it just seems like at this point in the season and the way the type of football that Winnipeg's playing right now, like how do you bet against them? How do you just go against the Blue Bombers right now? You can't. You can't. It's illogical, irrational. Over under 42 points even. Under. Under? By like a hair. If it was 41 and a half, like Ottawa, you'd go over? <laughs> no, I think it's still go under. Uh, last game of the slate, though, for the CFL, Saskatchewan at Calgary. Third matchup in four weeks for these guys. So an odd bit of scheduling. Calgary, one-point favorite. Where are you going on this one? Calgary. I'm going with the Calgary Stampeders. I have gone against them long enough. Same type of deal as Winnipeg, I guess. And uh, been burned by it long enough. Calgary, like, is Calgary the second best team in football right now? Because it certainly looks like it. They're they have won of the four of their teams. last five games. They've won four of their last five games. Bo Levi Mitchell is playing good football by not trying to do too much. Like, he's not trying to force these bad balls that we saw him trying to force at the start of the season. Yes, he was playing on a broken leg, but whatever. He was still forcing errant balls that looked awful coming out of his hand. So now he's playing a lot more calm collected poised football and it's resulting in wins his playmakers are starting to show up Marquise ambles has gone for long touchdowns this defense has looked pretty good they're going to be getting a hell of a lot better with trey roberson coming back into Very the lineup soon. as Very well soon. i can't believe we missed that off the top of the show but trey roberson coming back to the calgary stampeders defense as well huge. that's going to be a huge addition second in ints last year was seven two touchdowns as well um, I know that has absolutely nothing to do with the spread right now. I just love the fact that Trey Roberson's coming back to what looks like a defense that is on the upswing. So I guess I can tie it in there. But I am taking Calgary as the one-point favorite over the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, who have kind of like flipped with Calgary almost. Like Calgary is on this upswing, and Saskatchewan is a little bit on yeah, this but- decline. But like, I, I can't really say that about Saskatchewan because come playoff time, Saskatchewan's going to be like, oh, we're the Rough Riders, and we have Cody Fajardo, and we're going to make a run, uh, and you're all just going to deal with it. Duke Williams and Shaq Evans will also be healthy and active very shortly. Uh, once they get that, I feel like Fajardo's going to have like this kind of resurgence to his earlier year success. That's, kind of, uh, that's why I got to take Calgary now while I can. Over under 44? Over. Yeah, over. I'm, I'm thinking over too. All right, let's get some value picks in before we close out the episode. Uh, quickly, Hamilton defense against Ottawa. No Devontae Dedmond. No real th- scoring threats for the Red Blacks anymore. Uh, Hamilton's defense dominated them last time they played. Uh, now they're at home in a full capacity Tim Hortons field. $4,050 for the Hamilton defense and special teams. You know what? Their special teams have been surprisingly quiet this year in terms of kick returns for touchdowns, punt returns. I could see them popping one this game. Next pick, Keen Schaefer-Baker, 45-42. Uh, take him while he still can before he gets drowned out by Duke Williams, Shaq Evans, Kyron Moore. Uh, I feel like he's going to fall like the fourth or fifth option once all those guys are healthy. Um I know Kyron Moore is still there, but uh, KSB, one of the few times we're going to still be able to pick him. And then my third one, 
this is drawing some tension between Connor and I because earlier in the year, if you guys remember, I did not like Lucky Whitehead uh, at like $10,000. I said it wasn't value. Jake Winicky, $10,378 this week is still, if you believe that or not, a value pick. Okay, he's not even the most expensive receiver. Okay, look at this. We've got... We've got... Oh, shit. What the f- we've got Brandon Banks. We've got Braylon Addison. We've got Brian Burnham, Gino Lewis. All more expensive than Jake Winicky. Okay? I'm looking at it now. He's got a six-point game a 10-point game, an 11-point game, and then it's all 14, 17, 20s, and a 30-pointer. Against Toronto last time they played, 23.7 points. I I don't know what you want me to say, Connor. Lucky Whitehead does not have the volume or did not have the volume of targets or the success in the intermediate game that Jake Winicky has shown all year. Okay, fine. He didn't have the... The volume. Didn't have the volume. Fine. Whatever. Jake Winicky still Jake gets the touchdowns, though. He has 70 targets on the season. Correct. He's only caught 44. He only has eight more catches than Lucky Whitehead. He only has 40 more yards than Lucky Whitehead. He only has three more touchdowns than Lucky Whitehead. Lucky Whitehead was guaranteeing you points with the return game. He was guaranteeing you, you points you by catching get- the ball every game. And he was guaranteeing you points in the back half of his season before he got hurt. Because before he got hurt, he had nearly a touchdown in every single game. So I just don't understand how you can pay ten grand for Jake Winicky, but when Lucky Whitehead was the best player in Canadian football, you couldn't do it. Because how many okay, targets? I did don't you, understand. How many targets did you say he got? Seventy, and he hasn't caught. In, he's only caught in okay. forty-four of his seventy targets. Okay, so he's got seventy targets. That is 70 times that the ball is being thrown in his general direction. 70. So think about that. Whitehead has caught 36 of 47. Okay. That's still like 23 less targets. (laughs) And he only has 40 less yards. And he has 339 yak yards. That's great. Lucky Whitehead's a monster. Jake Winicky has eight touchdowns on the season. If you don't remember, that is the league lead. In touchdowns right now. Lucky had lucky is five in one last game. He is yeah, but he gets his on kicker turns. This is just straight up offensive production. What's wrong with that? That's still points in fantasy football. Still, I would rather have the offensive production because it is guaranteed with Jake Winicky. Like a Chuck Barkley guarantee button on Jake Winicky having big games. Like he's still guarantee, the, it was a guarantee button. On Lucky Whitehead having big games. He is six for nine in no, week eight. He was, he was six for nine for 111 and two. He was six for six, 133 and one. He was three for three, 82. Like the guy three. has been a menace. Three, six. You know how many times Jake Winnicky's had a three or fewer receptions this year? Two. He okay. only has eight more receptions than Lucky Whitehead. Yeah. He, he only has eight what? more receptions. In his one game with Matt Schultz, he had seven receptions. So. <laughs> Connor, Connor, you're not you're not hearing me here. Jake Winicky gets the damn ball no matter what in this offense. 
Lucky Whitehead scored the damn ball no matter what in his So does Winicky. <laughs> oh, I just – I don't – which is five. We're basically arguing the same damn thing right now. But no, so no, I don't get – I just don't get how you can pay 10 grand Because Winicky isn't reliant on – Winicky isn't reliant on one big deep ball connecting each game. He's not. His longest, of the, his longest of the year is 50 yards, and Lucky Whitehead was. You were counting he, on before it. Before he got hurt, before he got hurt, his longest catch of the game was 47 yards. He had nine targets and 111 yeah, yards. His long game, was 47. That game. Jake Winicky's long on the season is 50 yards. Okay, fine. The game before that, he had 133 yards on the season. His long was 75, which is like less than half of that. It's still a lot, but it's less than half. And he had six targets, and he caught all six of his passes and a touchdown. And then I don't know. I just I don't. I, at this point in time, when Jake, while well, Jake Winicky is the best receiver in Canadian football, he has fine four. He has four yeah, because there's four or five other guys above him. I just read out the list of guys that are more expensive. You're getting guys the best more receiver. expensive than Lucky Whitehead. Yeah, but he's there was not weeks the best where receiver. Lucky Whitehead was only like nine thousand dollars. Yeah, but he's not the best receiver right now in the he, league. At the at the time, he was no. At the he's, time when you were paying that money, you could he was. say you could say the most explosive, but he is not the best receiver. Jake Winicky is holding that title up because Shaq Evans has been hurt. I am holding true to that as well. Uh, but that closes out my value picks and that closes out our episode. If you guys want to check out where the OUA action is this weekend, make sure you head over to OUA TV, free to sign up, all games live and on demand. If you want to check out the schedule to find some where the games are being played and what times, stats and more oua.ca and we will take a second to remind you that the canadian football perspective podcast network is brought to you by our friends over at fox 40 the worldwide leaders in whistle technology get geared back up for the season with fox 40 have head over to their website to shop things like coaching boards whistles gear and more fox 40 the worldwide leaders in whistle technology fox40shop.com is the website and while you're at checkout because you are are going to be enticed by the great products on their website you can enter the code cfp15 at checkout for 15 percent off of your order again that is fox40shop.com and the code is cfp15 that closes us out for the week make sure you go back and check out the other episodes on cf perspective as well as our oua preview today before the Ottawa GGs kick off against the Queens Golden Gales. Uh, for Connor and I, at Connor R. O'Neill, at Wade Zank, at CF Perspective, enjoy your weekend, enjoy your fall weather, enjoy some Sada City beer too if you haven't gotten that. Have a good weekend.